There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy Hump Day, everyone. You are listening to Lori and Julia on 107.1 My Talk, streaming online on our website, MyTalk107.1. Donnie Love is out all of this week. So my name is Lindsay, and I'm filling in for him, and I'm here to hang out with Lori and Julia. Hi, guys. Hi, Lindsay, Lindsay, that was a really good for introduction. Woo, thank you. you did it. I mean, you're just, uh, it's been really, this is why Donnie doesn't go on a vacation. He's really worried that we'll find somebody <laughs> oh, younger and prettier Oh, I can never replace Donnie. He's no, just, he's, No, but oh. it's the younger and prettier thing, you know, mm-hmm. and you're definitely younger and prettier than Donnie. Well, thank you. <laughs> I have my mouth full of water when you're saying that, Lori. Oh, gosh. Okay, my morning can be summed up the flower, the ear, and the foot. <laughs> no, the vag, the ear, and the foot was the text I got from you. And Whoa. I'm like, that is TMI. <laughs> and and by the way, Julia, it's National French Toast, toast Day. Day. Yeah, this I, is all in a text message listen, from you. I, well, I'm laying down, you know, uh, with my feet in the stirrups, ready to have, you know, my vaginal health inspected. And Oh, it was one of those days. The flower. And, uh, you know, as my doctor, uh, Dr. Holt, uh, famously, remember the one day we were said, what's the worst thing we heard? you've heard a doctor say? And mine was the backward compliment that my vagina was aging nicely. <laughs> oh, you're joking. <laughs> Do you want to? I have a story like that, yeah, too. I mean, oh. I was like, uh, th- th- thank you, I think. Lindsay, you're 20-something. Your doctor said that to you? Well, no, not the aging nicely, but yeah. she may have mentioned that I have, I'm set up for, for just a high rate of fertility when I decide yeah, to start you're, that you're process. Ready, yeah, your uterus just, is you're, ready for you're babies. You're looking very fertile down there. Thank you. <laughs> it's great. I know, but I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, then then she, you know, my doc, this is, you remember how heartbroken, I had like the same doctor, doctor for like 16 years. It really is kind of, you know, when you have to change it doctors. It is because I've had to change all of mine this year. Yeah. I don't I, like it at all. I mean, it, then you have to get into a new flow and like, you know, and then I, you know, uh, you know, said to her, you know, I'd like to get an x-ray on my foot. I've had it in a, in a boot for a month and, you know, I want to see how the progress is. Oh, I can order that up for you. And then. And then she's like, oh, I see. This is all from your annual physical, yeah. And by the way, I'd like an x-ray for my foot. Yes. My hair might need it work. No, and then she looks at, she's reading my record and she goes, oh, I see you have a real problem with the ear wax. I'm going to check out your ear. Tiny canals. So you don't do Q-tips. I have tiny canals throughout my whole body is what I've been told. Oh, okay. (laughs) And she loves telling that too. Lindsay, be careful. You are, you and I have very similar brains. I always say I have a mind of a 14 year old boy and you're not far off. No, but I've had a doctor say that to me. You've got time. I've got to put on the children's Uh ear examining uh, things. And Teresa, uh, thank goodness, Teresa at, at Health Partners for Women, she has been personally cleaning out my ears for at least 
of 15 years. Dr. Julia. Jason was in them for an hour. I this feel summer. Like. Yes. This summer. Well, he didn't get it all, Julia, because what came out of my ear was a sugar cube. No, you, you well, developed I developed it. new wax fresh all the time. I'm, I'm apparently... The, a it candle. Can't, it can't get out. Lori, we can light you at both ends. No. You're a firecracker. And it was only one ear. It was only one ear that produced. And honestly, I can feel it coming out. She, she said, do you want to see it? Do you want to... It's like want popping me to, a zit. Yeah, do you want me to put it in a specimen thing? Oh, stop yes. it. Oh, yes. Well, I took a picture. Obviously. I took a picture. You and, did not. Oh, do yeah. you... I, Who did you send it to? I don't... Nobody. Nobody. I don't want to see this. Send okay. to me, girl. Okay, oh, the wax together, it would have been the size of a sugar cube. Of a sugar cube. <laughs> Do they still is, make those? Is that disgusting or what? Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. At so least anyway, it came out of your ear. I posted uh, a Frenchie today for us, a whole wall of Frenchies, because Mercury, the winter, <laughs> oh winter, Mercury great, retrograde is until next Thursday. No, I mean, it's a serious, real thing. <laughs> it's happening. I asked people yesterday on the live remote. Who breaks. did you ask? Like Deb. Okay. I said, have you noticed anything? Yes, she says. I have noticed something. And she told me who. Another friend of mine told me. What are you talking about? Different people's personalities being off a little bit no, because just of Mercury mis- and retrograde? Mercury and retrograde. People are misunderstanding oh, each other. Okay. There's uh, lots of sensitive feelings. People are getting into arguments over little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another friend of mine said that she got in the hugest fight with her sister who... She never fights with. Right. You know, not mm. like sometimes. You and I. Yeah, you and I will get in regular fights. We had a good one in the double Y over oh, Brad yeah. and Angelina. It's yeah. our theme. It's our theme. <laughs> Other but, people aren't used to it. Um, but anyway, and then someone else told me yesterday that they got into a, an arg- a disagreement with somebody that they no- normally, and I just said, we're, it's it's a retrograde. It's the winter one. We've just got to get <laughs> till December 6th. So I put up the Frenchies so that you could get the squeeze. The Frenchies? A French bulldog, a whole oh wall God. of French bulldogs. We posted it. Now there's picture. Is it pugs tomorrow? Is no, it Friday? Well, you know? I don't, we are doing things to make people feel good. I got you. Yeah. We're well, trying to bring the positivity back. It's a four-week Mercury retrograde, the winter one. Okay, it's right. the longest one, and and I wish someone who was a woo woo and into astrology like me would just call you and, and back me up on this. And just tell a us thousand about percent. It. And I'm pretty sure that if my memory and I, I have a pretty good memory, but where's the, Maria Shaw when we need her? Well, Sag Sagittarius, because this is their month. Yeah, it is. Gemini's, Virgos, and Aquarians are the most affected, but. Every astrological sign is in some way affected by Mercury and retrograde. And the reason why it's the longest and the most whatever, I suppose, because it coincided this time with the full moon. And it's always at the time of year where it gets dark. I were nating bears again. Now it's that time is of that year. That's what's happening well, in our stomachs. <laughs> well, doesn't isn't that what it always feels like this time of year? You're like all ready to tuckle up and, you know, binge and eat stuff and get cozy and... You know, it's, yeah, it is. I'm like that always. Yeah. But anyway, people know it's real, Julia. It's, it's a real situation. And the reason why I can tell you that for sure that it's real. <laughs> I'm just looking at you laughing. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. <laughs> I can't. My hobby is videotaping no. okay. Lori and posting it so on you Instagram. you know how, uh, you know, Lindsay, I'm married to, Kate, to Julia's brother, Casey, and we had a very rapid, uh, accelerated romance path. And um, three months. And uh, <laughs> so we really shared. Accelerated romance, romance path. path. I right. love it. So And our 
ARP. Yeah, I, but I told him, I, you know, I, I had my book because I was dating. Nice. I still you have brought it. this on so many girls it, weekends. It's, it's wonderful. But mm-hmm. Casey, I found out Cancer and Scorpio is like, you know, it's a match made in heaven. Okay. Very, very aptly suited. So I told Casey that and he just kind of looked at me and said, well, I don't know about any of that woo-woo crap. But he said, um, I know I never believed in the full moon thing. Until anything sure. can happen mm-hmm. on the full moon, and right. he said, "Ask a nurse, an emergency room, right? Anything, anybody, anybody who is working with the public in any way on full moons, they Stuff see happens. it. They, he said, you become a believer. So you know, Very. there's so many articles about this. I'm Google. We had her on for that. Yeah. I still know the cover of the the silhouettes of the um, buildings it, in New York. The Google lexicon." Really? In 2009. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us today. So a week from today, coming back to Amazon, is the second season of Amazon's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which cleaned up at the 28 Emmy Awards and won the Best Comedy Series, Best Lead Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Writing. It was like... And it Everything. was our favorite show yeah. last year. It really, without a doubt, one of our favorite shows. One of them. Eight episodes. My mom just binged it last two weekends ago. And she said, oh, what a wonderful show. And it's set in the 50s. And it's, you know, very different time in the 50s. And, you know, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel wants to make a go at being a stand-up comic when there really are not any women being stand-up comic. And she... Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband, who created and wrote the Gilmore Girls, created and wrote the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. I remember because I watched like five or six of them, and then I kind of burned out. And then and I went back to there's it. There's only like, eight, but I know, you have but a I, low burnout. I have low yeah, burnout. Yeah, you do. Julia has a low I still haven't tough. finished The Crown, but I finished what? that one. <gasps> I don't think I finished the second. Oh, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I, I, oh. oh. Yeah, sorry no. to say, sorry to admit okay. that out loud. Okay, Didn't that's right. At least you're honest. Didn't mean it. Anyway, the cast was on uh, the Today Show, and it was everybody: Tony Shalhoub, Rachel Brosnahan, the whole, pretty the mom, much the whole cast. The, husband, the mom, yeah. her manager. Um, so let's start with uh, Rachel Brosnahan. I'm winning. Um, best lead actress for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and we, me, Donnie, and Julia were rooting for her because we always kind of before a word show we who we want to win mm-hmm. and, and she was our pick <laughs> yeah, and she was our pick. She's also just FYI, the niece of uh, Kate Spade. Oh, okay. Casual. Her, bra- yeah. Brosnahan yeah. was mm-hmm. Kate Spade's maiden name. So she's like Kate's sister's daughter. Here's Rachel. It was a complete whirlwind. I, I, well, I didn't know that we were that early in the show either. So it was suddenly like, I, I turned, by the time I got up there, everyone was gone. You were backstage. Amy was gone. I sort of said hi to Tony and went up and blacked out. Just saying what a blur it was. Because remember, she was truly shocked. When she won, because they won Best Show. Because originally she won Best Actress. Yeah, but I mean, the best show was the last yes. award of the night. So she was just like completely surprised because who she was up against. Game of Thrones, The Crown well, was it's in comedy. It. it was comedy. Oh, that's right. so, so Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus wasn't in the category because there wasn't that season. She's won like seven mm-hmm. years in a row. And I think she did say, well, you know, at least I didn't have to go up against Julia sure. Louis-Dreyfus. But here's Tony Shalhoub talking about... He's traveling somewhere, and I, we kind of forget that with streaming services, it's like all over the world that people the are watching. The marvelous Miss Maisel, yes. Yeah, if something's on Amazon, Netflix, 
you know, Hulu. I mean, people. It's global versus it's a ABC. It's global yes. versus yes. like, yes. A, you know, a network TV show. Right. So here's Tony Shalhoub on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel International. Well, when we were in Paris uh, shooting the first two episodes, <gasps> we were surprised that uh, a lot of our Paris crew, the French crew, knew, knew and loved the show. We were being stopped on the street. And this was just based on just eight eight episodes of the first season. So it was amazing that it had, the reach was that that far, that broad. I'm just thrilled that the first two episodes are going to be in Paris. you got to watch this show, Lindsay. I'm literally going to go home tonight and I'll watch it. And you'll I'll watch it. the whole thing and I'll report back you'll tomorrow. Love it. Yep, I'll do it. it. You know, it's interesting, Lori, listening to Tony Schloop. What I thought you were going to say is how many people remember him from Wings. Wing, he's been around for. Do you remember? Really, oh, he was What's Wings. Wings? It, uh, now this TV show. This is a bingeable TV show, Lindsay. Okay, it was on a long time ago, but it was with um, him, Stephen um, Webb, Webb, and then the other hottie. I don't know any of these names. No, so but yeah. you. Had, this is a fun show. Oh, I loved Wings. Okay, well, don't right. get off on that one. Sorry, I'm sorry, because that one you were, were going back to the '80s, the late '80s with Wings. I feel like '90s, '90s. Okay, mm-hmm. early '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well. Um, Vulture reviewed the second season of Marvelous Mrs. Are there still eight episodes, honey? Yeah. Okay. And they just said it's um, still bubbly, a little less frenetic, and if you can even believe it, even better than the first (gasps) season. Wow. That's hard to do in your sophomore season. It is. Especially when your show is so successful off the bat and people have those expectations. Yeah. The worst. (laughs) So here's Rachel Brosnahan on why her character, Mrs. Maisel, resonates with people. I mean, I think she's somebody who's insatiably curious. Uh, She's self-empowered. She's asking questions about the world around her. I think, you know, she's aspirational in some way because she shows that it's never too late to head down a new path. Right. To find your voice in a different way. And she thought she was going to be, when she gets married young, pretty young like before in the 50s people would get married at 21 you'd go to college to find a husband mm-hmm. and she thought she would be a pampered housewife you know on the upper east side of new york and then she be you know all of a sudden finds herself in this thing of i'm gonna try stand-up comedy and her husband is chase and tail as uh mm-hmm. you know, the 50s husbands did right. As, that's yep. right so, mad men and uh so anyway and it is just kind of that change because we did and even her name midge, midge. i grew up with a midge mm-hmm. that's her that's midge her first young. name yeah mm-hmm. midge given name too or is it short no, for midge. margaret yeah. that's a very her. 50s name barbie's I, like I grew up with a midge didn't wasn't barbie's best friend uh, her a midge? sister midge yeah was it wasn't her sister? Midget, though no, no. skipper <laughs> skipper midge. and midge Midge was on Archie and Veronica. Okay. Archie. Midge was uh, Jughead's girlfriend or Moose's girlfriend. Yeah. Moose. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. If you watch Riverdale, no. Midge, Moose's Are girlfriend. you just agreeing mm-hmm. with her when you say yeah? She doesn't, she didn't watch I Riverdale. Know. No, I have not watched Riverdale. Yeah. You guys like the freeform shows. I have I I haven't explored those since like Secret Life of American Teenager, and that's where it stopped. Didn't you love that? It was so bad. I, you had to watch it. It was it was textbook, textbook. just hate TV. 
Oh, so yeah. bad. I guess actually, if I think about it, I never really fully finished. I might have only I watched didn't either. three episodes of that one. Which oh. one? A the Secret, Secret Life of American, American, American Teenager. Oh. But what's her name was in it? Yeah, it was so good. Uh, God, her in the in the show, her name is Amy Jurgens, and she has a weird name, and she's in like the Divergent series. Shane mm, I can see her. Shayla Woody. Shailene Woodley. That one. That was her first starring kind of mm-hmm. before we saw her um being the departed or whatever. Not the departed. The divergent series. Yeah, right. the mm-hmm. divergent. The franchise. Here was Barbie's family, okay? Barbie. Her sister's name was Skipper. Um, Barbie, Skipper, Stacy, Todd, Chelsea, Kelly, and Chrissy. Yeah, Midge is in the Betty yeah. and Veronica Archie yeah. Jughood uh, world, and something happens to Midge on Riverdale in season one. That's all I'm gonna say. I watched season one. Yeah. Do you remember? Not really. <laughs> and Mark, the Murphy Brown reboot is over. You guys, they've canceled it after I was, thirteen episodes. I, I never watched watch. it once. I didn't even give it any love. I didn't even watch it once. All right, listen. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are delighted to be joined right now by author Peter Gadal. Uh, his latest book uh, is The Stranger Game, and it is a crazy book that is so much fun to read. And Peter, welcome to our show. How are thanks, you today? Thanks for having me. I'm great, thank you. Thanks uh, for having where, me. where are we catching you? I am in Los Angeles. Oh, how's it going out there? It's lovely, warm, high 60s. Okay. Nice. nice. Good. Okay, so this new book, The Stranger Game, takes such a, a, a different look at kind of what's going on in our culture and people not talking to people. Why don't you give us the setup for our listeners? Um, well, the book imagines um, following as on social media made actual so that there is a faddish game going around where people are um, following each other. And the game has just a few rules. Um, you can't make, you, you choose the, the person at random. You can't make contact and you're not supposed to follow the same person twice. But of course, as soon as there are rules, then rules get broken. And so that uh, some chaos ensues. Were you kind of, Peter, were you just kind of fascinated? Was this an observation of watching how people just look at their phones and don't talk to people anymore? Or how did you even come up with the idea of the stranger game? It was in part that I was driving, um, as one does often in Southern California, yes. on, on the freeway, and I'm in my little glass box, and I'm looking at other people in their little glass boxes, and, you know, we, we don't have any contact whatsoever, and I have whatever is going on in my head, and the person in the next car has some narrative, and I was, I was just thinking, this is sort of a, a crazy way. We spend so much of our time like this, and then I thought about social media. And how it creates the same sort of voyeurism without any actual contact. And there might be some positive aspects to social media, but I became interested in the ones that could seem really dark and problematic. Well, I was curious because really with how the book starts off is, you know, this we meet these two main characters, but there's a guy who writes an essay about this stranger game. And it's just sort of an essay. It's more of amusing out loud that he shares online that really goes viral. And he has no idea of the impact. And I was wondering, like, did you also, did you get some ideas like from just the whole, you know, fake news and misinformation and how that fosters this sense of, we think we know more than we know. 
Um, in in part, certainly, I'm I'm struck with the way, say, on Instagram, there's just all these photos that construct images of something that's happening that probably isn't happening. I mean, everybody doesn't have a fabulous brunch like that every day, right? And um, it it also I I do think that something that's troubling to me is that most people receive their news from um, Facebook, Reddit, sources like that, which is of course aggregated from other places, and it's really indirect, and algorithms choose what people see. Um, and it does, there is something kind of false about it. Um, so I was, I was thinking that it was a great idea to want to achieve greater empathy, which is what the essay writer does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his goal. But in fact, this gets immediately monetized and perverted into something else. It's, it's interesting. Okay, so if you're just joining us, we're talking with Peter Goodell. Um, this is his sixth novel, The Stranger Game, and it's already been picked up by F- FX, we understand. That's right. And yes. it's going to be a TV series. Is that going to be happening soon? I mean, your book just came out. It did. So that's in development. And I, I don't know in, when exactly that will happen. But has I know this, that there's, has uh, this happened um, to you with other books? Um, y- yes, never this quickly. So um, the FX uh, purchased or optioned the book um, before it was published, actually after it was sold um, to Hanover Square, HarperCollins. And then... Um, you know that that that's pretty unusual. Um, yeah. But other other companies. I have a novel that's with MGM, the people who gave us *Handmaid's Tale*, and another producer has another novel, and that's been a much um, sort of slower process. Although they all are moving toward TV series. Yeah. Well, well, I you know what I do think that the *Stranger Game* as a limited TV series mm-hmm. would be very compelling Same. to watch. Thank you. I hope so. I mean, I think that. One of the things I know the folks at FX were interested in is that um, the protagonist, the narrator of the novel, is a woman. Yes. Uh, and Rebecca. looking for content that will appeal to women. So I was happy that that was part of the reason they were drawn to the book. She was relatable, you know. Um, so I the, so the story is about Rebecca and Ezra, and they kind of like each other, kind of don't. And she gets a job on the East Coast and goes there, and he kind of is with her, kind of not. And then you can feel her loneliness. And you, you write, you know, for being a male author, writing about a woman's loneliness and having her narrate the book, I thought was very interesting. It is a page turner. I am struck why I would not play this game because you choose your subjects at random. There's <laughs> yeah. no contact, but you don't follow them again. So it seems so anticlimactic to me, but yet it isn't when the story goes well, yeah, on. The story goes but on, when right. I first read the rules, I'm like, buzzkill. I would want to follow them then if I'm going to be. <laughs> well, that's what ends right. up right kind of right. happening. I mean, because it's kind of like, well, that's a silly game. Well, it's kind of like the takeoff on what's always been fun about being at an airport or mm-hmm. or make, a mall or here like at a state, state fair, fair making up stories making up stories about people as they walk by but you're they're just walking by and we're just making up stories this is taking it a step further with the following because we love that game yeah that's a good game <laughs> i think everybody does it yeah. everyone does that one and we can uh make up to it what has been the uh number one question that people ask you when you've been out on your book club is it has it been what was the inspiration that that and people the first question that i've now received twice is um in my quote-unquote research did i play the game 
Oh, and well, not really. So I, I thought about, came up with it while driving, and then started writing. And in my neighborhood, uh, there was a there's a scene in the book. This has actually happened. There's a woman at a taco stand. Yes. I think I sort of pursued her from a safe distance, about half a block, and then didn't really. But after all was said and done, last summer the book is going to print. No more editing possible. I happened to be traveling in Madrid. And I just, out of nowhere, decided to start playing and start following someone. And to be honest, I kind of freaked myself out because it was really easy to do. Right. And it was, what happened was really sort of strange and eerie. Yeah. Thought, well, that's, that's odd. So I Where did you follow him? Where did they go to? Well, uh, there was this guy I actually never saw him from the front. I only saw him from the back and the side. And he came out of a um, store across from the area where the Prado is and we just we walked up to the museum he was carrying a shopping bag he got on the phone made a call and then he I followed him about 20 minutes he was at a government building outside of the government government building another man came up double kissed him on the cheek took the shopping bag oh. and went off in a different direction oh. yeah so you're just okay, immediately so you're, yeah. you're in the middle of an espionage <laughs> scene exactly. You know, that is just weird to think about doing yeah. that. And, and thank God people don't. I know. For the most part. Yeah. I know. Uh, Peter, have you in your mind, have you cast in your mind, like Rebecca and Ezra? I know you probably don't get any say whatsoever, but I was just wondering if you had. No, I, no. Ha- I honestly, with this one, I haven't done that. But do you have any ideas? Well, I, Rebecca, she's, you know, 34. She's, well, she's young at first. She's starting out in her career and then. Are quirky? I don't know. Don't do Amber Heard. No. She'll wear a bathing cap to the premiere. <laughs> do you like how we canceled her out of there, Peter? Yeah. I'll, I'll let her people know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's always, you know, I guess I kind of like it. Do you know Carolyn Kepnes by any chance, that author? She, she wrote... She oh, wrote, I've heard the name. I'm sorry to say, I don't know. Yeah, she yeah. wrote um, Providence in her her book You, which is kind mm-hmm. of was about a stalker. It was aired on Lifetime. Lifetime, and I remember when we talked to her, she said, "No, you know," she said, "I don't have anyone in mind. I trust the people who Are doing know what the they're doing in the yeah. casting to imagine it, because every." individual reader imagines somebody different and yet when they cast however if it becomes a movie or a tv series i always feel like that casting was perfect even though you can't really think at the time who you'd want yes i i think that the best thing is to just to turn over the the project to the people who want to write it and adapt it and direct it and let them um, you know, I've had my chance to express a vision. Now it's theirs. No, it's theirs. Did you get an exploding yeah. TV offer, Peter? We've heard about those. Exploding TV? I'm not sure. I know Were they mean, called you and said, said, you have five minutes to decide. Here's how much oh, money. No, no, no. It was all very reasonable. Okay. Oh, okay. Because we, we talked to a recent author. But congratulately, it sounds like of your six books, three of them are in the works to being on the screen in some yeah. format. That's amazing. Yeah, it's exciting. I feel very lucky. Yeah, yeah. that's and, awesome. And are you like... Um, Writing? Are you right now taking a break from your writing and calling us? I was doing some um, promotion for the book and and things like that. And um, now I'm trying to get back into writing a new book. I have an idea. I had been working on something last spring. So um, I'm hoping to get back to that, although I'm not quite ready to say what it's about. Okay, that's fine. But we do have to ask, we do have to ask, if you're just joining us, Peter Goodell, the book is The Stranger Game, a novel. Um, What's the last great book you read? The last great book I read is a literary novel called A Symmetry by Lisa Halliday, um, which I just loved. 
Tell I almost us don't why. want to describe it. Yeah. You can't describe it? Um, well, okay, so there are these two parts. One is, is a woman who is, um, seems to be in a relationship with a man who's 50 years older. He seems to be a lot like Philip Roth. Okay. And it's just a sort of um, light but also serious um, frolic in New York in the 90s. And then the second half is um, set in Heathrow. Uh, an American who is of Iraqi descent is being detained and can't get on a plane to go to Iraq um, to see family. And the two don't, parts don't seem related, but they are. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's on my nightstand, which okay. I can't re- wait to start. Well, two things. I'm reading... Um, Jill Lepore's History of the United States, These Truths, which is brilliant. Okay. And, and then, and um, three things, sorry, Deborah Eisenberg's story collection, My Duck is Your Duck. And then the... Um, the we heard that we, My Duck one from yeah. our last author. Yes, we did. Oh, yes. it's amazing. Just yes, brilliant. it's amazing. And then, okay. and then um, Tana French's uh, The Witch, um, I'm excited to read. Okay, oh, sorry. that's, a, that's another good way we should ask authors what's on your, your nightstand, because a lot of times yeah. authors are, you're reading galleys or you've read a book that might right. not be out yet, right? Sometimes that Sometimes. happens. Yeah. yeah. All these books are out. Well, yeah. so nice to meet you, and thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been good to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we've got a couple copies of the book to give away, 651-641-107. It's The Stranger Game by Peter Goodell. When we come back, Lori, what are we... Oh, oh, oh. we need your help, people. Okay, so or we just want to hear from you. What is the craziest white elephant gift you ever got or gave? 651-641-1071. No, no, that's our guy who did, um, you know, this. We saw him at the Basilica Block Party. Oops, so close. Yeah, so close. All right, I like it that you said it with authority, like me. I did. Mm -hmm. I felt like a DJ there for a second. All right, so the books are gone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It was the Stranger Game. Okay, so we're asking people. um, Lori and I are going to a white elephant gift exchange this weekend. And um, what are the kind of the craziest things you've ever given or gotten? And I just want to give people the origin of the white elephant gift name. Yeah. The term white elephant refers to an extravagant but ineffectual gift that cannot be easily disposed on. And it's based on the legend of the King of Siam. And he um, used to uh, give rare albinos to courtiers who had dis- courtesans, Courtes- but they say courtiers. Oh, courtiers, like the yes. palace gossips, yes. all of his top people. Yes, who had displeased him so they might be ruined by the animal's upkeep costs. Oh, wow. Yes. Snakes. Sneaky, sneaky. No, thank you. No, Anyone thank who you. displeased no. him. So, but the well, modern someone day- just said to me, she, says, she said, well, you know, you know, what if someone gave you and your husband a puppy for a gift? I said, that's a terrible gift. I'd love it. Well, I know, but, but who would ever do that unless it's a family member and you wanted it? The best person of all time. Yeah, okay, but well, I mean, no. not if it hadn't been like out of the blue, like someone just gave me a dog. I would be like, that would be a nightmare for that me. That would be a nightmare. It would be mean. Yeah, it would be mean. It would be so mean if you're not ready. I feel like if it's gotta, animals are a personal thing unless right. it's a goldfish. Yeah. Um, uh, and the Urban Dictionary White Elephant Gift is just something crazy unusual that you're never going to use and is goofy. And then I thought today, now you got to be careful because if you go to a white elephant gift party, you can't give a gift that someone gave you for real as a white elephant gift. We do in my family. We re-gift all the time. Yeah. White elephant. We do white elephant every year. You do. Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's all see. Right. Let's, well, let's see let's what people. Tracy. Tracy. Hello. Hi, you're on my tag. What's, what's a good white elephant gift you gave or got? 
Well, I went, my husband and I went to a dinner party with some other couples last year over Christmas, and we knew a couple of the couples, but not all of them. And so the hostess just kept telling me, bring something awkward, bring something awkward. <laughs> so everybody brought things like as seen on TV gifts, Chia Pets, things like that. Yeah. yeah. My husband and I bought a, a Tuggy. So you remember the Snuggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Tuggy is, it was a leopard print that was made for a man that went over Johnson and his two brothers. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> and we were the only ones that brought gifts like that. That's just, did, did you laugh or was there an awkward silence or what happened? Um, it was a little, there were some of both, most yeah. definitely. I love your description. I love that description of Johnson and Two Brothers. How have I not ever heard that one, Tracy? That's amazing. That is hysterical. I just have one more thing I have to tell you, completely off topic, but I have a friend who got two kittens as a wedding gift. No. No. And they did not like cats, and they had to take them to the vet and have them fixed. No. Yes. That's what, that is, that is Have they t- ever talked to the people again? That is mean. No, worst wedding gift ever. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> the worst wedding gift I've ever heard of. That is absolutely mean, terrible. Wow. <gasps> wow. That one leaves us speechless. Yeah, it really does. That's I, not easy to do, Tracy. Thank you. All right. Wow. Julia is up next. Uh, Julia, what kind of a um, white elephant gift did you give or receive? Um, I got like uh, Jesse Ventura, the governor, like plastic doll. He was in a suit with a feather boa, bald. It was like right. It was it was a work thing, and he was it was like the size of a Barbie, and it was a governor. It was a, it was. That's cute. very funny. Uh-huh. He's in the news today because he's doing something uh, in California today. Um, with a conspiracy? Probably. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably. That's you, a funny one. Have you re-gifted that white elephant gift yet? Um, yep, I, I re-gifted it to a family member, and occasionally it will show up because we play white elephant gift every year, and it will it will circulate throughout the family. So you're it, just never really sure who's yeah. going to get it. Yeah, that's kind of funny. the governator. Yeah, that, that, it keeps going around. I think that's a good idea this year for holidays, the playing it in the family, the yeah. white elephant gift. The worst white elephant gift I ever got once um, at a party was um, somebody's used clean underwear as a joke. That's like horrible. That's yeah. disgusting. I know. But it, I, I, it, it made you laugh. It made me laugh. It made us laugh. It wasn't hers. It was like her brother's. Wait, that's even know, worse that you went and dug out your something. brother's stuff. Yeah, I know. But no, that's kind of funny but it was, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love the regifting where presents just keep kind of showing up in funny places. Remember the snake at Carlson? How about, it, how about the, uh, yeah, or how about um, like a really old bottle of suspicious booze? That had sentiment on the bottom. Yeah, you don't know how who, long it's Who been. has booze that lasts that long in their house? Do you? We have booze from your dad. Oh, you do not. Julia, we do. Why are you keeping it? Casey is waiting to give it to the right person he doesn't like. Okay, that <laughs> is... Because my dad used to, at his bar in the basement, he yeah. used to buy the funniest bottles. Remember the life-size, like, four-foot-high Chianti bottles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, old oh, Lori, that's funny. No, he's got, like, well, two. Well, we're going to do... I think this is a good idea for us. All, All right. right, do we have other callers? Yeah, we do. Brenda is on the line next. Brenda. Brenda. Hi, Brenda. Hi. Tell us about your gift or giving. No, it was my husband, and we were dating at the first time, and he had never met my family. Oh, no, I can never <laughs> feel this one. Yes. And my family 
I mean, where there was way back when used to give like one time my my cousin gave me uh, the end of a finger that this kid had cut off in shop <laughs> class, and then it went back and forth. You know, wood ticks. <laughs> picked off dogs, so every year it was something. Oh, so my husband had no idea, boyfriend at the time, right? and he got uh, like one of those pumice stones <laughs> that like for a whole, that you stick your whole foot in. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my aunt and uncle live up in Crosby, Ironton area, so the water's real rusty and and it was cracked and just nasty. <laughs> and he opened the thing up, and he, I mean, he didn't know what the hell to think. Yeah. <laughs> and we were at the at the um, casino up in Duluth, and he, I mean, his eyes were just as big as saucers throughout this whole thing. And then he got a bra, like a triple Z-size bra. Oh, my God. Brenda, that's, that's so funny. funny but he, and he stayed with you. Oh, they got married. Mm-hmm. They oh, got married. I wished, I wished I'd oh. saved the earwax and put it in a specimen oh, thing. That would have been the best My, way, Allison. I feel like we had a fingertip that went around in our family. No, wouldn't you yeah, remember we did. it? Yeah, I oh, think there gosh. was something sneaky from my mother All right, once. Brenda, thanks for calling in. Thanks, uh, everybody. Yeah, when we come back, um, we can ask Nicole Kidman anything, people. And we're not going to ask Goop anything.